Hello, it's Jenny. I wanted to let you know that this bonus episode may be very difficult to listen to. I'm talking about youth suicide and mental health struggles with Kennedy Brown of the Archangels Foundation. If this is a topic that you've had personally affect you, this episode may be hard to listen to today. It may also be incredibly healing if you listen and learn how to handle this in future conversations with young people. But this is not for me to decide for you, and that's why I wanted to give this little introduction to give you the chance to make the decision if this is something you are ready for today. Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. I am your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I have a very special bonus episode this week coming out because this is a time of year that is very hard for some people, and we find it's also very hard for kids. So I was introduced to Kennedy Brown earlier this year through some networking that we were doing, and we've finally been able to get our schedules together so I can get her on and help you guys learn some information about preventing youth suicide. And so Kennedy Brown is the program director for Archangels Foundation. It's a nonprofit for youth suicide prevention and mental health awareness that was created to celebrate the life of Avery Rain Cantor, ARC Archangels, just so now you guys know what that stands for. Kennedy had her own personal struggles with anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts in high school. She played soccer with Avery and after her passing, knew she wanted to help others who were also struggling. She wants to be the light for others to help find their way out of the dark. So Kennedy, thank you so much for being here and being a light for our audience. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little more about, you know, you obviously knew Avery. Tell us a little bit more about that story so we can start connecting with this this process, how you became the person who's who's doing this youth youth suicide prevention. Yeah, absolutely. So Avery and I played soccer, um, club soccer for a number of years together. And through our relationship, we just became very good friends. And through that, I just became very close with her. And we weren't the best of friends, but we just had a good relationship through our soccer team. And when I was in high school, I struggled a lot with my anxiety. Um, I had a number of deaths in my family and I struggled with having really good friends. And I felt like my soccer team was, you know, my group of good friends that I had and could connect with. I also had a number of concussions because I played at such a high level Mm. and all of these things just kind of combined, created just this perfect storm. And I felt like I um, couldn't kind of get my breath. Like I could barely get my head above water. And I was just really, really struggling with grief and not having um, a good support system in terms of friends. And so I just really kind of got into this deep 
depression and I um, felt crazy. I felt like, you know, from the outside, people saw this happy-go-lucky girl. Um, I had it all, you know, I had an amazing family and a boyfriend and I played sports and I was good academically, but deep down, I was just really, really broken. And I felt Mm. like I couldn't share that with others. And it wasn't until my junior year of high school that I finally shared these thoughts with a friend in my class. And I just said, you know, I'm having these dark thoughts and I'm not sure what to do with them but I know that I'm in a lot of pain and I don't know what next steps to take. And so kind of from there, I was taken inpatient to a hospital um, and kind of started to, you know, gain some things back. So they put me on a different medication for anxiety and depression as my other medication was not the right one for me. Mm. And I just had to slowly rebuild myself. It took every single day, um, my amazing family to support me and be there for me and walk with me. And that was in February of 2014. And Avery took her life May 5th of 2014. And so I was still kind of in my recovery phase. Yeah when she took her life. And, you know, although we weren't the best of friends, it still just made a really big impact on me and my life. And from the outside, you couldn't even tell Avery was struggling. You know, she was very similar to me, very happy-go-lucky, smiling, um, you know, 4.5 grade point average, different things like that. So I just knew that after that moment, I had kind of figured out what I needed to do in life and I needed to help kids help their parents and just just know they're not alone because it's a scary place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for people, you know, I I think there are a lot of people who probably feel like they've maybe experienced some of the less intense versions of those thoughts and feelings. And I would say I'm probably one of those people who, you know, I've had times of grief, times of sadness. I don't know that I could ever say that I've truly ever experienced depression, to be able to empathize. I can sympathize, but I can't empathize because I've not been in that place necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. But I think knowing that there are people out there dealing with those things and they're so good at hiding it, right? And so having those, I I think the first step in all of this for for us as parents is to begin to understand what what are some of the behaviors we can be looking for and some of the verbiage that our, you know, preteens, teens might be doing for the behaviors or what they might be saying that could let us give us some hints that they might be dealing with some of these thoughts and and feelings without necessarily sharing them with us out loud. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the hard part about it is that it can look different for every kid, adult, you know, anyone. And there's many different things that they can show. So I like to say that talking about being a burden to others, if they're, you know, sharing their feelings of hopelessness, having no purpose or reason to live, those are obviously them verbalizing that. And it's saying it out loud, potentially making jokes about it or posting it on social media. I know that can be a big way that they kind of release it and that parents can identify if, you know, they're looking at their social media and different things like that. Mm -hmm. As far as actions, we can look at withdrawing from friends, family, and activities, things that used to bring them joy and made them happy. Obviously, that looks a little different because of COVID, right? We're all withdrawing to a certain extent. But I would say, you know, not responding to friends, not wanting to, you know, hop on and play video games with them online, 
Um, there's just many different ways that they can show that. But I think a big part of this is a changing of their personality. So Mm. I don't like to use the word normal, but who you are and what makes you up your everyday person, you know? So I've, I've talked to a lot of parents that say, you know, my kid became very irritable. They would lash out. Um, they would be angry. All of those things can be them kind of trying to kind of fight back or trying to figure out what's really going on deep inside them. Because from the outsiders, it looks, you know, like, wow, why are they acting like this? But deep down, they're really kind of dealing with this battle internally. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of how they're trying to get it out. You can also see things like sleeping a lot, not sleeping a lot, eating a lot, not eating a lot. You can see kind of both sides of their everyday habits. Um, That can also include things like hygiene and things that kind of just make them up of who they are and what they believe in. So if we're noticing any of those types of signs, that's kind of where we need to intervene and have a conversation with them. Gotcha. So yeah, it, it does sound like, you know, obviously every human being is different. They're individuals. So there are going to be different things, but it sounds like looking for, you know, seemingly quick changes in behavior and and personality type and, and certainly any of those extremes that pop up, like you said, eating too much, not eating enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being overly careful with their hygiene versus not doing anything with their hygiene, you know, those those opposites, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any of the extremes, anywhere in the middle, you know, probably dealing with things or at least making it through okay, right? Um, but I think those extremes are what really begin to show people are beginning signs, it sounds like. Yeah. And I would say, I would always side on the the way of caution. We have a pediatrician that, that serves on our board and kind of helps mentor us. But she always says, you know, if I have parents come in and, and mention these things to me, I'm like, hey, there's no harm in reaching out to them. You know, there's no harm in just, you know, double checking a little bit more on them, keeping a little closer tabs on them. There's nothing wrong with that. So I always side on the way of being a little overly cautious, especially when we're speaking about, you know, different types of anxiety or depression or other mental illnesses they could be struggling with. Absolutely. And so going through this and beginning to identify the signs, having ideas of what that looks like is just the first step. The next part is beginning to identify what resources you have. And so you already brought up, you know, pediatricians are are a a great starting point and they're probably a lot easier to get in with compared to, you know, a child therapist, right? So what are other resources that parents, regardless of where they are in the country, now keep in mind, any of my international listeners, there are probably resources that are local to you. But I know Kennedy has some nationwide resources that she's going to share for Americans here. Yeah. So like you mentioned, pediatrician is always a great place to start because unfortunately, psychiatrists, counselors, they have a long waiting list. And I think because of COVID, that's kind of increased even more. So starting with them, just getting them in to see somebody and talk to somebody. And I think kind of the next step is starting to have a conversation with them, you know, just, just be open with them and just say, Hey, you know, I've, I've just been noticing some stuff with you. What's going on? Having that open dialogue with them and not necessarily trying to solve all their problems in this conversation, just giving them a space to open up to you, or maybe it's not time for them to open up. And, you know, you can just say, you know, I'm here if you need me, just let them know that they're not alone. Cause sometimes when you're in kind of those either depths of depression or things you're struggling with, it's hard to maybe articulate or even admit to it out loud. So just making sure they know that you're there if you need them. 
Another thing I like to mention is potentially bringing in a school counselor or just alerting the counselor of the things you're noticing. And so they're also able to kind of keep tabs on them at school. I know that can sound kind of scary and be like, I don't want to bring all these people into it. But sometimes it really takes kind of a village, you know, just like whenever you're raising kids, people say we need to have a village. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing in regards to mental health. So bringing in that village to really keep an eye on them. Um, Maybe they can notify their teachers and just not to alarm anything or ask their kid about it, but just to keep tabs on them. That's really important that they're just aware of what's going on. Other resources that we provide is the crisis text line. So that is a 24-7 hotline that is there to support anybody of all ages, but your kid is actually able to like text into them and talk to them. So maybe if you feel like they aren't opening up to you, that could be a great place and safe space for them to talk to someone that is trained in that conversation. And I actually am a crisis text sign counselor and I, I'm able to walk kids through kind of what's going on in their life, pinpoint some things that they can do to help every day. Now they're not going to go and, you know, tell them what to do in their life, but they're going to offer them resources, maybe some apps to try um, and different things like that. So they text home to 741741. That could be a really great resource for you just to kind of give to your kid to have if they need it. Okay. Can you go ahead and say that again really quick, just to make sure, because I'm sure everyone's like, I need a piece of paper. I need to write this down. And and guys, keep in mind, I'm also going to put this in the show notes. So that way you guys can just pull up the episode, scroll up a little bit, you know, look below my picture and you'll see the information here about Kennedy, about Archangels Foundation, and also this crisis text line. So go ahead and say that again, Kennedy. Yep. So crisis text line, you text home to 741741. All right. So that's H-O-M-E, home to 741741. And then they'll be able to talk to somebody. So, you know, I, I think it's really important to give your kids options with that conversation saying, look, you know, if you're dealing with something, I want you to know I'm always here. But if you don't feel comfortable talking with me about it, here's something that I'd like you to have, right? And and you can provide that texting because kids are so used to, especially teenagers, that that texting feels safer because they're they're not having to sit face to face with someone. I mean, already having a conversation with someone face to face is hard enough for a teenager, but to have that space where they can share something through text with someone who they know is a trained counselor to deal with that. Cause they may be thinking, well, my mom doesn't know, my dad doesn't know how to handle this, but then Mm -hmm. they can talk to someone who feels safe. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just to add one more resource, obviously our foundation, Archangels Foundation. So we primarily do education presentations in schools, youth organizations outside of schools, as well as adult groups. But we also have a wide range of resources and referrals that we can we can do to help you. I know also parents have brought me in if they've noticed, you know, my kids are just a little more stressed than normal. They bring me in just to do a short little presentation. Maybe it's their friends. Maybe it's their sports team. Just to kind of get some of that out and um, let them know that they're not alone and just teach them some different things about what mental um, health is. And I would like to mention... We do offer financial support for any youth that can't afford therapy, counseling, any type of mental health services. And it's just under 18 years is the only kind of criteria you have to meet. 
but you can reach out to our foundation through our website or the contact information that they'll provide all of you um, with the show notes if you guys need any of that support. Oh, that is so good to know because, you know, I'm sure there are probably some parents going, yes, I want to save my kid's life and I would be willing to pay anything, except I have to have the money in order to be able to do it. It's nice to know that this resource is available to help with the financial piece of that so that it's not going to cause any additional stress on the child going, well, now they're spending more money on me and it's money we don't have. And, you know, because I think that's oftentimes kids will sometimes take on that stress, you know, and it doesn't make the situation any better, right, for them if they're they're worried about that. So to know that that's a resource is, is really um, impactful. I know one of the things that you've been doing is having conversations and doing presentations to school groups, mostly here in the St. Louis area, but um, starting to go more outside of the St. Louis area. You provide different types of workshops, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, you're you're providing workshops for parents and presentations for teachers and then also for the students as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So we can kind of tailor it to the different types of groups, um, but we do present to youth. We present to adults and that can be parents, that can be staff or teachers. And the big part of our presentation is just kind of breaking some of the stigma behind mental health and what it means to struggle and just letting kids know and adults know, you know, it's okay to talk about these things. We're all going to struggle at times in our life. So how, what can we do? What things can we look for? You know, a lot of those signs that I shared with you guys and the resources, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we take care of others? Um, and how do we just have better conversations about mental illness and mental health as a whole? Let's get people the help that they need when they're struggling um, is really what we want to talk about. And all those presentations are no charge to you. Um, and we're doing them in person or, you know, if you aren't in the St. Louis area, we could absolutely do something virtual. Those have been doing really well as, as well. So it's just a great place to have a meaningful conversation about mental health. That is so great to know, because I'm sure it, you know, given what's going on, kids already don't always have the language to be able to share what they're going through. But now to be able to hear from someone who gives them some verbiage, right? Because sometimes it's just they don't know how to have the conversation. So they just don't, right? So I think that's really important to have someone that they can reach out to because they've seen your presentation. They, you know, they feel more comfortable connecting with you because you're also younger, you know, they feel like you have a shot at understanding who they are and what they're going through, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm able to share my personal testimony, which I think helps people just kind of relate to me better, especially if it's something they're struggling with. And I know I've been in their shoes. I know what it's like to walk that. And so I just have a different kind of perspective on it. Absolutely. Well, Kennedy, I thank you so much for sharing your time, sharing your expertise in this area. And again, listener, we have the information in the show notes for you to be able to reach out, connect with Kennedy, connect with the Archangels Foundation. If you are looking for resources as a parent, if you're wanting to be able to provide that crisis text information for your child, please feel free, grab that information from the show notes. We really we're doing this because we know this is a hard time of year for kids. And especially now they've been dealing with this situation for nine months and it's beginning to weigh on kids. And that's why I wanted to present this, uh, present Kennedy to you guys today was to be able to share this really important information for you as parents and for your children as well. So thank you, Kennedy, so much. 
Thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. And if any of you need me, please just reach out. I'm, I'm here to support anyone. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And listener, thank you for taking the time to listen to this. I know this is not always an easy conversation to have or something that's easy to listen to, but I wanted to put this out there so that way you'd have a resource in case you start realizing that this might be something that you're dealing with with your family, whether it's your own child or a niece or a nephew or one of your kids' friends, because I know they oftentimes become like some of our own children as well as, as parents. So I wish you all a happy holiday season as we move forward. And please feel free to reach out to Kennedy if you need to. And stay tuned for the next Badass episode. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.